Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today. We have our evening with medium events coming up on December 13th, which you have sold us out for. So thank you again to everyone who bought tickets this whole year. Um, you sold us out for every show and that... Um, mm. That's never lost on us. So thank you so much. Um, We do have our event dates for 2020 locked in with the Hampton Inn. Um, We're just waiting for final contracts to be signed. Um, But tentatively, you can save the dates for April 24th, August 28th, and December 4th. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exciting. Mm. I love that. Okay. Um, We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Those are 10 to 15 minute shows. There are five. They run the first week of each month and they're grouped together on purpose to give you a skill set or a toolkit for emotional and spiritual intelligence. Um, The very first one is free and it's always available on the website by sarlo.com. And the other four are located on Patreon, which is found at patreon.com slash by Sarlo. Excellent. And then last but not least, uh, we have gift certificates and personal sessions available if you're looking for those. Um, Those can be done anywhere in the world via Skype, FaceTime, telephone, or Zoom. You can get in contact with us via email or telephone to set those up. Okay. We're good? Yes. All righty. Let's square off and get into today's show, Cal. Yeah, and if you're listening just by audio today, thank you so much for continuing to follow us. Um, but if you are uh, watching on Patreon, we appreciate it so very much. Your support mm. is just, I don't even know if we can't say thank you enough. Well, we can't say thank you enough because as anybody that's doing a podcast show knows, there are fees involved with it, but there's a shit ton of time. And yeah, anything that you do... From the $1 level right through to the most expensive level, every single dollar helps us. Mm-hmm. It really does. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it keeps us excited. <laughs> okay. So um, I know we've done shows like this before. Oh, I where, feel like this is like the soft blow before you tell us what we're going to repeat. No, this is, the, this is the good show we were supposed to do last weekend. <laughs> Okay. Everyone remembers how hard that one was. Yeah. When I said we were going to do a feel good show and then we didn't. (laughs) This I think is the feel good show. Okay. This is a very, this is very old in that it has sat in my folder um, for a very long time. And then I rewrote it out in this book. Mm -hmm. So it's a client story of a group of people that came in for a session, and it's a group of sisters. So there are six sisters that come to our home here um, for medium and sit down together as a group. Didn't say who they were connecting with, and I think a lot of people, if they're listening to this, might think right off the bat, ooh, it's got to be a parent. And maybe they're guessing which parent it is, female, male, which one, is that mom or dad? And you'd be right. Um, it's, It's to connect to their mom who's crossed over. So they sat in the living room, uh, together and I sat in a chair and so today's story is about all of the different things that the girls get out of the session and that mom spirit gets to give to her six daughters since she's crossed over so what I did was I wrote them down each of the daughters in 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 an order um, and then what messages she had for each of the girls and that the girls came together to support each other Mm. and just saying it straight out they're there to support each other because mom's relationship is not the same with all six 
And so these women, I'll say, have enough emotional intelligence. They have enough hmm, empathy for each other to recognize that mom has not raised them all the same, that she has not loved them all the same. Even though some people want to say, oh, you can have many kids, you'll, you'll love all of them. That may be true of some families very much, mm-hmm. but that is not true of every family. And so you get to see where some of these daughters recognize that, that their siblings were not treated the same and they want to be there for each other. Nice. So now that mom has passed, there's more strength among these six girls to deal with all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first one that came uh, that mom came through for was Kim. And it didn't go like around the room in a particular order. She um, would give the information. Sometimes one of the daughters would put up her hand and say, me next. So they would, and I would say, what's your name? Just to identify and then give her the messages. So it was done in a variety of ways too. But anyway, she began by saying that she wanted to speak to her daughter, Kim. And I didn't even know if there was a daughter there by the name of Kim. <laughs> so I was, yeah. So I was, I was a little nervous um, if I was even going to get the name right. And I, I think, Kelly, that people could hear this and think, wow, they are brave women. And I would say, yes, we are. Because every single session has those moments of what's going to be right or wrong. And other people may have jobs that are like that. I can think of doctors and nurses where they don't know if they're going to be right or wrong. But there are a lot of people that have jobs where that's never questioned. Mm-hmm. You go to work and you don't wonder if you're going to be right or wrong. You just do your job. Mm-hmm. You just cut people's hair or you serve coffee or you do whatever, right? But anyway, so the very first one was... I've served for- coffee and I've been very wrong. <laughs> okay, that's good. And I'm sure any hairstylist oh, would tell you how very wrong they've been sometimes, oh, according to a client. So true. I take back everything I just said. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, and I apologize on top of it. <laughs> okay, a heartfelt apology and a taking back. Yeah. Okay, done. So she Kim. says that Kim is her oldest, and Kim says that's correct. And um, she starts by thanking her for helping her raise her five sisters. Hmm. And she says, I had Kim, and then I had the other five close together, but there's a big, there's a little bit of a gap here of about four years. So Kim is still a child, but she's that much older than her sisters that she's, I'm going to say mom's helper. And I think a lot of people listening to this can identify with that, whether you're a male or a female, that if you're the oldest or there's an age gap, that you tend to parent some of your siblings. Yeah. And in healthy ways, too, you get given um, age-appropriate tasks to be a helper and learn responsibility. For some, this might not be their case, but... You've said it lovely. You've just said it with with, uh, tremendous accuracy, because in this family... Um, she, Kim is given far more than what is appropriate at her age. Mm. And some people are also going to be able to identify that with that because there may be only be one parent yep. or there may be that they own a business or that they farmed or, oh, there's just a number of reasons why some people are thrown into being an adult as a child. Mm-hmm. And that is very true in this instance, that it is not bad parenting. 
It is not meanness. It is simply that there are many babies that come every year. There's no birth control. Mm-hmm. So they, the other five sisters come one year after. Like, oh, yeah. And, and I do. I really think a lot of families can, can sit down and go, oh, my God, get me the coffee mm-hmm. or put, put the kettle on. I want to hear this show because it, it really is a common thing with a group of women this age. Mm-hmm. So Kim... Is, is, I'm going to say, forced um, by circumstance with so many babies coming that she literally is changing diapers as a kid. She's literally holding the bottle and feeding them. She's literally tucking them in. She's rocking them. She's doing everything and beyond. So she's also setting the table. She's also watching them in a bathtub when she shouldn't be. So she's given responsibility even for their lives too young. Mm -hmm. And as a result, as a teenager, she drinks. And she drinks at a a young age, actually. And as a result of that pattern, slowly, so slowly, Kelly, she becomes an alcoholic. But it isn't, um, I hate my life alcoholic. It isn't anything like that. It just creeps in. It's just a glass of wine every night. Then it's just two. Then it's, you know, ups and downs with her own marriage, her own family, her own life that are just what everybody would think is normal. And it just becomes consistent. So it's, I'm going to say it's not alcoholism where she's ever a drop, what do you call that, blackout? Or where she punches or becomes violent, it's just consistent drinking. Like a dependency. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like a glass of wine or two with lunch, and then there's always a couple with dinner, and then there's always a couple in the evening. So some people might listen to this and go, what the hell is Karen talking about? I drink like that. Right? (laughs) Right? And and so I I guess I hear so much because I'm a non-drinker, I hear so much from other people where they argue with my definition of alcoholic or alcoholism because they think drinking two or three at lunch, two or three at dinner, two or three in the evening, seven days a week is not an alcoholic. They think because it's very functioning that it's quite okay. Kim doesn't think it's okay and she knows it. That's good. Yeah. And her five sisters know it. But again, because there's really no behavior problems with it, they just all know that it's there. But her her mom speaks to her about it lovingly. And she says to her, I'm sorry. She says, I know that everything right back down to when the first your second the second child was born, everything changes for you. And that you never are given a time to be a child. You're never given a time to just be a teenager or to be a young adult. Even when you get married and have your own babies, you're still helping me raise your sisters. There's just always too much on your shoulders. And she just is the type of mom to say, even though all of this occurred, I'm sorry. And none of it that really occurs, it's not mean. Mm -hmm. It's It's just constant. There's just no break in it in her lifetime. And so her mom just really is saying, sweetheart, there is a problem here. And 
whenever you choose to look at it, I want you to know that I love you. And that I'm proud of you if you choose to do it. And if you don't, that's okay too. But a little bit of a lean on, I'd like you to. Mm-hmm. And the sisters are aware of it. And like I said, there was just, I've never been part of, what do you call that? An intervention. I was <laughs> going to say a family. <laughs> That works too. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Um, I've never been part of an intervention like that. Mm-hmm. But her, and this is the very beginning. This is the first thing said in this hour, and yet Kelly, it was done so kindly, with so much love, with so much peacefulness. It was so calm, and I think it surprised all six of the sisters that this this was an intervention. And I remember at one point just going. So this is an intervention of sorts mm-hmm. initiated by your mom who's passed over. And the girls actually had a laugh about this. And I said, is everybody comfortable? And Kim says, absolutely. Nice. She goes, it's fine, Karen. We all know. She goes, my husband, m- myself, everybody knows it's okay. So <laughs> I can now say I've been part of an intervention. And a family. And a family um, in in such a loving way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just... And the fact that her mom talks about the fact that a lot of, her, of Kim's stress and how she comes to this drinking and how it just creeps up on her and how slow and how gentle it is. It's not out of a depression. Although a therapist would say, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> and it is of sorts. And, but how do you really talk about that when it's a lifelong one? Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. And she thanks her. her. Like the mom comes in and says, I acknowledge all of this. I take responsibility for this, being, you know, contributing to it. I want you to go to therapy, but I also want you to go and not ever feel shame or that or feel bad saying how you were raised. It's okay to say what we did. We know what we did. And and we we are here to apologize. Well, so it's you, not something that any child service would have taken her away for. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it was just you you stepped up and were responsible mm-hmm. if there weren't enough hands. Yeah. Yeah. And just the fatigue you feel right from childhood, eh, Kelly? Imagine by the time you're 10 how tired you are already. Mm-hmm. Going to school all day, like I think of as an adult, how you go to work all day and you come home and take your care of your children and how fatigued you are, but you're a full-sized adult, supposedly with more energy or, or more ability to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I think of, well, then how exhausted is a 10-year-old when they don't have any of that awareness or ability? I remember in school being given responsibility to help or tutor the kid beside me mm-hmm. who was the trouble kid and the exhaustion that you feel going to school knowing that I might understand everything today and I might be confident, but how do I take in what the teacher's saying and figure out how to reword it and teach it to someone my age or maybe older than me who's been held back a year and help teach them? 
mm-hmm. and still get my homework done and make sure they handed their, their things in. I think teachers have done this mm-hmm. as well. And again, out of some necessity where they mm-hmm. see potential, right. they see an opportunity to have help in a yeah. an underfunded system. Oh, yeah. Um, and you can still have a kid who's exhausted going mm-hmm. to school and coming home from school. Well, then what a lovely question that we could now add to an emotional intelligence toolkit when your children come home from school. When Instead of saying, how was your day? Are you emotionally tired? Or asking about what you did at school that day. Did you help anybody? Do you help someone every day? And if you know your child does, then checking in on if they're tired and what their needs are when they come home after that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's, that's good food for thought, eh? Yeah, because I think like one of the things that you can say too as a follow-up is to be able to empathize and say, then it makes sense why you're tired. Mm-hmm. Because what you're doing is you might not be able to change the situation. Right. You might not be able to say to the teacher, stop doing this to my kid, but you may be able to say to your kid, then this makes sense why you're so tired. Yeah. Because at least they can understand why they're feeling fatigued. They can understand that maybe it's not normal, that you wouldn't feel it on a regular day if you didn't have this role, Mm -hmm. right? You can make sense of your world. Well, and then maybe too, you could ask the teacher or have a conversation where your child pairs with another student and they can still mentor that student that needs help, but maybe two students can do it instead of just one. Mm -hmm. Or when your child comes home, you can say what you said, And then offer them a time to have a nap or Mm downtime instead of thinking when you get home from school, you need to shovel the driveway or mow the lawn or put the garbage out, set the table, cook dinner or whatever their chores are. Mm -hmm. Or rest instead of plunking them in front of a TV. And overstimulating them. Yes. And I was going to say in front of technology, which will fatigue them yet again. Mm So that was Kim's story. I'm all done that one. And we're going to move on next to Adele. I didn't know who Adele was. Like which one? Yeah, no Mm -hmm. clue. Actually, if I remember that one correctly, if I can, I think I even struggled and didn't get her name quite right. So the mom says to Adele, she says, um, well, she's the one that took care of me. She's the one that was the power of attorney for personal care and finances. She organized everything so that the girls knew when they were on, when they were off. And as I needed more and more care, she arranged for the nursing staff and everybody else to come in so that the girls could get together, all six of them, and go out and have dinner. That they could get together and go and have a holiday. That they could still have their sister time without all of sister time and family time having to do with caring for mom and talking about mom. So she had encouraged her daughters to take some of her money and be able to go to a cottage or go someplace and have a weekend together. And that they weren't supposed to talk about her at all. That it was their time to get away and still be sisters without, this is what we're doing for mom. Mm -hmm. And they weren't allowed to ask Adele questions (laughs) about her care, nothing. It was Mm -hmm. just sister time. And then she says, okay, Adele, now that I'm dead, girl, you got to leave that SOB. <laughs> just like that. And, and, and I said it just like that. I believe you. I did. And 
the the girls just went. Well, some of them kind of sat back and went like, mm-hmm. with the arms folded across the chest, like, oh, here it comes. Mom finally got to say what she wants to say, and and Adele knew that it was coming and that it needed to, and it had been discussed that she was waiting for mom to pass, that she was focusing all of her energy and efforts on taking care of her mom. And that this was the decision that that she had made. Mm -hmm. And that the sisters knew this, but now that mom has passed, uh, let's get going, Adele. And she was kind of digging her heels in a little bit because she was scared. And the fear she did not want to say to her sisters, but her mother blurted out, had to do with her finances, Mm -hmm. that they had changed and that she felt financially dependent on her husband. She felt somewhat trapped. She said to the girls and to, to her daughter Adele that her sisters were in good financial situations and that they would want to help her. They would want to support her. And that it was time for Adele to go back to school and to go back and get her education. Cool. And that the sisters would pay for her education and that they would support her if she needed help, like for an apartment, if her husband gave her a hard time with going through a legal system, tying her up so that through a divorce so that she mm-hmm. couldn't have access. And unfortunately for Adele, um, that, that was the news, was that her husband was going to tie up her finances as much as he possibly could. He was going to do what he could to destroy it. And if it meant that he did that so she couldn't get educated, that's what he was going to do. Which never makes sense. (laughs) I just never understand why they do that. But anyway, her mom said to the girls, she needs you. She doesn't want to say anything because she doesn't want to be a burden to anybody. But if you guys knew, and if you approached her, and if you guys offered to help, she would take it. And so that was said in front of all six of them. And so Kim says to me, we got that. You go right on and keep doing your channeling. We can take care of that. Nice. Like, oh my God, Kelly, I just get goosebumps when I say that. It's just, it's just in that moment that you can feel that amongst all those sisters, they've got her covered. Mm-hmm. They're going to get her through school she has no children. They're going to get her on her feet. And that is the goal. Whatever education she wants and into a career and then off she goes. And this is just a bump in the road. And these are not loans. I'm not, yeah. I'm not talking about... Interest. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not talking about that she has to feel guilty or as soon as she gets a job, she has to start paying everything back. The, this, is a, this is a family where it's like, no, 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 we're not a bank. We're family. Mm-hmm. And when one of us needs the other, this is what you're going to get because then it's going to put you on your feet and off you go into life. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's what it is. And and I know um, from looking at other families that not all families would behave this way or believe any of these things or do any of these things for each other. Mm-hmm. As much as I know that there are other families that would listen to this and go, well, that's us, of course, that's what you do. There's just such opposites, eh? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm done, Adele. 
So the next one is Janelle. I don't know where she is in the family, like where any of these girls were placed other than Kim, actually, as the oldest. The mom's message to Janelle was quick and brief, but holy crap, was it good. She said to Janelle, I want to thank you for challenging me. I want to thank you for standing up to me. I want to thank you for being the one that called me out on my shit, being the one that showed me a book about it, sent me the podcasts. <laughs> she says, you know, Janelle, you would call me out on my shit right to my face. And she says, the first couple of times you did that, I was like, I just didn't even know what to do. You could, you could just see like just all this discomfort. And she goes, and then Karen, I got to tell you, later that day, I would get a book or a book recommendation or a, a phone call saying, mom, I found a book on this. I'm going to send it to you. Or eventually over time, I got these podcasts I was starting to listen to. She'd set me up. And then I realized, oh, it's not that she's criticizing me. She's educating me. Mm-hmm. She's teaching me. She's giving me choices. This isn't about telling me that I'm a bad mother. This isn't about shame and guilt. This isn't about correcting. No, it's about saying, like, the world has evolved. You need to evolve with us. Isn't that gorgeous? Mm -hmm. And she says, so this daughter taught me all this shit. And she goes, and then Karen, she says, I got really proud of myself, and I would forward some of this to some of the other girls. (laughs) (laughs) Cute. And then she says, sometimes it would make its way back to Janelle. (laughs) So the girls would share it and it would end up going back to her. And she'd go, yeah, I know. I'm the one that sent it to mom. (laughs) So Janelle would listen to her sisters. She would hear what they were struggling with, maybe with their own mother. She would find a little resource of a podcast or some way to find an answer to help. She would send it to her mother, let her mother do her learning, and then the mom would send it to everybody else. Nice. And I thought, what a wonderful way to show love, to be respectful, to be kind, to communicate, and to really show that you want to connect to people in your family. Mm Mm-hmm. I think people talk about wanting to have a family or be in one, and there's yelling and screaming or criticism or avoidance, lying. There are so many things that are unhealthy, and they think, oh, well, that's family. That's just family. They just don't want to be alone. Yeah. And then you have Janelle demonstrating and being that so that her five sisters and her mom can actually see what being in a healthy relationship is and how this group of women mm-hmm. get on board with this. Yeah, they're safe to change. Mm-hmm. Oh, say that again. They're safe to change. You, just what you're talking about, it brings me back to some of our previous shows. One, that you're safe to change. The other, that you're safe to be yourself. And perhaps for this other sister, Adele, safe to leave. Mm-hmm. Safe to start education over again, safe to start a new career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She creates safety for the other people in the family. Okay, I'm going to go on to Irene next. Now, the mom doesn't say, okay, now go to Irene. She says, okay, 
The next one is my life partner, and we all know mm-hmm. who she is. Like this. And so I introduced it that way, and everybody looks over at one sister, and Irene just a little teary-eyed. And I said, she calls you, calls you her, her mate. And she goes, yes. And I said, and not, not like in a weird kind of way where people are going, oh, that's just sick. Mm-hmm. I, d- I don't mean that. I don't mean in any way abusive or crossing boundaries. But, but hear this one. This mom and her daughter, Irene, felt that they were soulmates. They felt that they were spiritually connected. They could read each other's minds. They could connect, I'll say, in a lot of in ways that people think are spiritual. They used their intuitive games together. They grew each other in a way that Janelle and her and the mom did not. I would say that was more emotional intelligence. But she had this daughter, Irene, where if they both, oh, I remember her saying that their ears would burn when there was bad news, but they both got that. So they grew together in a spiritual sense and they called themselves each other's mates. Where's my mate? A mate. <laughs> like this. And that was how she knew I was that her mother was addressing her because I called her mate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I got to tell you, I thought it was cute as as all can be, Kelly, because I thought it was like an um, an expression, like I mate, <laughs> like Irish or something, and they're all looking at me like, like this weird look, like why are you talking weird? Mm-hmm. They just called each other mates. You don't have to sound Irish. Anyway, so, you know, our personalities come into the sessions, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Irene got her validation from her mom. They really were that deeply connected. And her mom thanked her because she said that in her crossing, be- that she just felt that it was okay I could find Irene. Because I know that there's love and that there's a soul connection. So Irene and the relationship between her and that daughter really taught the mom that there really was more to being a mom or a woman or a human being. Mm -hmm. That there was a far greater connection. They thought that they had had past lives together. They had all these memories. There There was just so much that where they opened up each other's perceptions of what a soul or a human experience was. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they went to conferences. I'm not saying that they read the same spiritual books. I'm not talking, like if somebody says, oh yeah, I do that. We go to a conference or we take a workshop. And I'm, I'm not putting that down. I'm, I'm just saying that's not what they did. Theirs was just simply, when I think of you, I pick up the phone and call. And the other one would go, I was just going to call you. But they validated it. Every time. Mm-hmm. They didn't get tired of supporting each other in that. So she thanked her for that connection and validated that it was time for her to be able to give that to her other sisters. That while they had enjoyed it, that connection between the two of them, that Irene was looking for that with someone else again. And all the other girls were like, what? What do you mean? I'd love to have that with you. I'd love to know what you and mom had. And so she got to look around at her sisters and go, oh, really? Mm -hmm. And all of them were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
we can do this. And they and you could see that there was this desire then that we liked what you and mom had. We just didn't think we had the gift. Hmm. And mom was saying, well, maybe that's on me too, because maybe I didn't include the rest of you. And we did just say that it was just the two of us, that this was exclusive. And now that now that I've passed over, I can see that wasn't a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. We could have included all of you in this. And I thought that was really important for, for people, like for her family to hear, that there was a regret in that. We could have been inclusive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's worth hearing. That sometimes in some families, even in some work environments, two people are really close and maybe whether they realize it or not, they're exclusive. They exclude other people out of their group when really it's not even necessary. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't take anything away from what you have with that person. But we don't look at it that way sometimes. We feel special if it's just the two of us instead of thinking all six or seven of us could be special. Mm-hmm. It's a good thought, eh? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm done here, and we're going to move on to Celine. This daughter, um, the mom said, she's my life coach. (laughs) I said, oh, that's pretty fantastic. I said, you had amazing daughters. And she goes, yep. She goes, Celine was the one that made me learn self-regulation. She is the one that had me learn to chart things. She wrote things down for me, and she said, she did this as I was aging when she saw that I needed a better income, mm. when I had to transition out of a job in my 50s and into a brand new career, when I was panicked. And she says, Celine was the one that said, Mom, one day at a time, just do the resume. Just do this. Just one step. She broke things down. She gave me process. And she says, and then we took those processes, not just into finding a new job or, or a new career, But she says she gave me the strength to realize I didn't even like what I was doing. I didn't like some of the friends I was with. I didn't like the way my house looked. She says, we revamped everything, my looks. She says, everything, my car. She says she got me organized in every aspect so that I understood the value of organization, the value of time, the value of that you clean your desk and you do it slowly and you enjoy it. Like, to me, this is so much of of you. And I remembered thinking that, oh, I'm ever glad this woman had a Kelly. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> and, and, I, and I wish everybody had a Kelly. But she had her Celine. And she says, Celine got me through another education. She got me into a different career. She's the one that taught me to, well, mom, if you're going to go back to school and you got to work part-time, then you better have the house organized. You better have your car organized, your purse, because you haven't got time to, to go and, 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 and find things or lose things or not be, not be organized. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you're going to go to the gym and you're going to do all these things. And she thought, I thought she was crazy. I can't do all of this. I'm only one person. And she goes, it turns out you can do all those things. That's cute. (laughs) Yeah. So Celine was her personal trainer. She was her organizer, her life coach. She 
She really revamped her. And I think if anybody's listening to this, she has a Celine and an Irene, and she has all these daughters with all these different qualities that are just fantastic when you think about this mom who listens and sees all of these kids. I think that's the key. She listens and sees all of them. And she allows every single one of them to help her back instead of thinking I'm the mom and I'm the one that's supposed to do for each one of them. Mm-hmm. So let's go on. We've got one girl left. We've got one beautiful daughter here, and her name is Hannah. And Hannah has disabilities, learning, physical. And again, I don't know where she is in the scope of things in terms of her age physically, but her age mentally can only go so far because of her brain's abilities. And mom comes in and says, you have got to say to Hannah that I am so very grateful she taught me patience. She taught me the joy and the love of a process because she was all about process. If she went slow enough, she could do anything. She just had to go slow enough. Fuck, I think that's all of us. Isn't that beautiful? I, yeah. I have said to people in our parking meter in North Bay, down on Oak Street, mm. everyone just comes up to you and is like, how do I do this? And mm. I'm like, actually, if you just slow down and read, it walks you through every single mm. step that you need to know and it points you in which buttons. And it's like, they're just, everyone panics. Yeah, Debit machines, credit machines, it's everything. And it's like, if you just slow down, mm-hmm. the instructions are usually right there. I like that. Thank mm-hmm. you. I mean, that's great that Hannah's there to teach her that in other ways. Yeah. But I think it's so true that we're all capable of that. Yeah, and she talks, thank you. I I love how you gave that as an example, especially for the people who might not have somebody in their environment that they may value Mm -hmm. for that purpose, right? Or see that in them. So Hannah is all about teaching her family that if you slow down any process, you can get through it. I'll refer you to our show called The CEO of This Family. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, good if, for you. If, if people are liking this one. Yeah. And and so all the girls turn and look at their sister who's supposed to go through the divorce now. Mm. And the mom says, so you two need each other because Hannah will be able to help you go through that process. And then she says, and now look over at Kim, because Kim has to go through a process too. And if she goes slow enough, if she takes her time, if she values her life, if she chooses to value the relationships and what she's doing instead of the drink, then it's okay. She can go through process. And I thought, that's beautiful. I love the way that you can look at that. Mm-hmm. So she thanks Hannah because Hannah helps her get through school. She realizes that as an older lady going back to school, that sometimes our memory isn't as sharp as it was. Oh, fuck. Going back to school at 22 isn't as sharp as you (laughs) used to be. And that, oh, dear, you can get panicky. Mm -hmm. You can be afraid. You can think you're going to fail, so I better not try. You could sabotage the whole thing or you could procrastinate the crap out of it, right? But Hannah is there to remind her 
that she has to do it every single day, that she doesn't have a choice. So brushing her teeth or brushing her hair or making her bed or even getting dressed is something she has to do and slowly in a process all over again every day. And that there isn't a single day that she gets to give up. And so this is what helps her mom realize, well, if Hannah can do it every day, there isn't any reason that I can't. And and what I really loved about this mom's messages to all of her six daughters was really and truly that she was saying she saw them. Mm -hmm. That she saw the qualities that they had, that she allowed them to help her. And I think that's part of a beautiful story for parents to hear too, is that when we really do truly see our children, we really do we really do truly have an opportunity to have them help us. Oh, learn so, from them. Yeah. So that we can validate them. And I haven't heard in any of your six sisters um, any entitlement from mom. No. To be entitled to the lessons or entitled to their time mm-hmm. and their energy and their resources. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at the very end of their hour, um, their mom, by the way, I don't even know her name. She says to me, um, I had dementia. And I'm like, what? Because it just changed. She goes, I had dementia. And she says, so I'm saying all of these things and acknowledging all of this because in the last four, four, I think she said four, four and a half years of her life, she forgot these girls. She didn't remember all of these things about them. Mm -hmm. She wasn't the same mom. So for her to come into that session and be able to validate the relationship that she had with each one of the six of them was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until the end of the hour that she said to me, Karen, I had dementia. And I said to the girls, holy crap. I remember just kind of sitting in the chair going, your mom had dementia? And they were like, yeah. And now they realize that after I've done this for the whole hour, that I didn't know that the whole time. Mm -hmm. And that the mom that was coming through was not the mom that died and had dementia at the end, but the full spirit of saying, I'm aware of the whole lifetime. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about Kim when she was four. I'm talking about when the girls were born. I'm talking about current things they're going through. I'm spanning decades. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. That's my story. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. And and thank you for saying that. I appreciate that when you say that. That'd be like my worst fear, to be any one of those daughters and then experience mom go through something like that. So to just have someone who can give her back to them for a blip in time means means the world. I think it's um I think it's truly beautiful that you and I get to do this for people mm-hmm. as as mediums. Mm-hmm. And I it's never I've said this so many times in these shows, but that's never lost on me. Yeah. Never. And sometimes when a group like that comes in, I never book one client right after them because there's always time at the end for them to leave. 
I never book immediately, mm-hmm. but it's also because I need a few, I need time. Mm-hmm. I, I want to absorb that. I want to process all of that. I want to learn from that. I want to make sure that I've seen all of you, all of Andrew, all of Eric, and that when each of you present what you've learned, what you know, and what your personalities are, that I accept that, that it helps me with my own life, but that it also shows you how deeply you're seen and valued and heard and loved. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I hope other, yeah, you're welcome. And I hope other people listen to that where they can, because I also know that some people don't have that kind of relationship in their family. I know that too. Mm-hmm. But where it's possible, because sometimes we could do that for a coworker, we could do that for a neighbor or a friend. There's there are so many relationships that we can do this in, and just really like, do we choose to? Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. You gonna end it there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Again, if you're just listening on audio, thank you so much for joining and your continued interest. Uh, that means the world to us. Uh, and if you're joining us on Patreon, watching us, thank you so much for your time, mm-hmm. your energy, and your financial support. It means everything to us to be able to continue doing what we love. Enjoy your weekend. Mm-hmm.